Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. What are you guys doing? Not much. What are you doing? I was just, uh, I'm all tangled up. I was just freeing a lizard from the clutches of my cats who were tormenting it. And I don't like them to, you know, kill lizards. Because lizards are good. They eat bugs and stuff like that. Lizards are our friend. Yes, they are. And I have huge, huge alligator lizards at my house. You know which ones I'm talking about? Sure. Sure. Alligator lizards? How big are they? These guys, like, from their nose to the their tail are, like, two feet. They're huge. I'm including the tail with that. And they also bite. <laughs> now, do your cats actually... Uh... Do they actually eat them or just play with them? No, 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 no. They just play with them, and then they notice after a while, hmm, the lizard has stopped enjoying the game. Ew. Ew. <laughs> oh, look at little ladybug looking up at you, Judy. The little ladybug eyes. She wants down, but I'm not going to put her down. She's got to stay in her sling. Now I know where the term puppy eyes came from. <laughs> it's can, a little baby. It is a little baby. little cute baby. She's doing wonderful. She's Don't looking like up. Don't How could you turn like that, that little face away? Don't you look at me like that. Now, what did the vet say? Still don't know yet. Oh, the vet? For What What did she go in for? She went in for uh, what? Uh, the last thing was a lump on her backside. Oh, baby. But uh, It'll come back nothing. They're always just like little benign cysts. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It's... You know, or as I like to call them, $300. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. Gone away. <laughs> Looks good. It was only eighty dollars. Lucky. Yeah. But I'll probably the next time I take her in the total. Do they go by under. size? Because I swear anytime I ever had anything <laughs> done with my Malmute, it was two hundred dollars minimum. Uh, I think it's size and, and how unruly they are. She's pretty good and little. Oh, and he was such oh Cody I must say the the, the late great Cody Bear was awesome. Oh. At the, vet. the vet loved him. Everybody at at the Scripps Ranch vet office, he was their favorite. In in fact, they would let him like cruise around the office when he was in there for one of his procedures. And wow, he was quite at home. But I'm pretty sure that my investment over the 12 years I had that dog should pretty much guarantee me a wing at that vet office. <laughs> oh, good. Hal sounds thrilled, doesn't he, Judy? Smack him. <laughs> God, oh, yeah, it just does. Oh, she just said once. Oh. Sorry. I did not specify the number. No, that is totally at the discretion of Judy. Let <laughs> me just stop. There you go. I'm liking that. <laughs> yeah. Poor hell. Actually, Can I just mention that since you've gotten back from your trip with Vlade, you're dumber? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Uh. And I meant it in the nicest possible way, Hal. 1-866-405-8405. Bobby, what do you got coming up? We're going to look at what appears to be the first official announcement from the First Lady on what will be the first family official dog coming up in the news. Probably going to be the most famous dog in history. That's all on the way right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. 
With today's gas prices, most people are trying to stay away from the pumps. But a peacock in England has fallen in love with one. Every day for the last three years, Mr. P, the lovelorn peacock, walks a quarter mile to visit his girlfriend, the gas pump. He spends the day spreading his fancy feathers in hopes of winning her heart. Ornithologists believe Mr. P is confusing the clicking sounds of the pumps with the sound of a female peacock in a romantic mood. All three peacocks that owner Shirley Horseman hatched from eggs have chosen unusual mates. One of his brothers is in love with the family cat, and the other has a crush on a light fixture. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, and remember how very, very important it is to spay or neuter your pet. No, that's terrible. Okay, start again. <laughs> this is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. Dr. Debbie answering your medical questions. Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, consuming air. I'm sorry. Vinny Penn. Animal communicator, Joy Turner. Susan Sims. Bobby with news. Boy, she has a lot of good news today. And bad news. Michael Vick. He's getting out of jail. Well, oh, not, no. Not supposed to say yes. anything yet? Yeah. Yeah. And he's... Uh, I guess they're gonna they're gonna contain him at home with a collar. I'm thinking an electric shock collar would be cool. Yeah, I think that would be up the line that uh, most of America wants to see. We could all go to a website, is what I figure, <laughs> with a webcam showing uh-huh. him in his house, his huge mansion. Uh-huh. <laughs> no punishment there. Yeah. And then uh, when yeah. he looks up at the camera, there you know you just uh, you shock him from a, a I don't know the S <laughs> key on your computer on your key keyboard. Is that? Oh, I'm sorry. That, how, I'm sorry. We're all about compassion here at Animal Radio. Compassion for animals. I think the humanitarians are going to have a problem about that one. one 405 8405 Of course, you can send your email directly to us. Uh, all of us. We can be easily accessed from our website at AnimalRadio.com. Going to go to the phones, one 405 8405 to talk to any one of the Animal Radio Dream Team. Uh, we have Adam on the phone. Hi, Adam. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Debbie. Hi there. I'm actually looking. Uh, my wife and I have decided we're going to get a dog, but we want two of them. And we've decided we want a little one and a big one. And uh, we're thinking, like, uh, I'm just curious, what is a good breed uh, to mix with both a large and a small dog? And I'm thinking as large as a St. Bernard on the one side and as little as a Chihuahua on the other. So I'm just curious what you think. Wow, that's quite the disparity. Can I ask why uh, why you have the the difference and why you want to go big and small? Uh, yeah, we just, uh, you know, when we were dating, we always thought it would be kind of neat to have a small dog and a big dog grow up together. We want to get both puppies. Uh-huh. We just have them grow up like that. I don't know. It's just, we, we've always it seemed we wanted to do that, but we don't know which breeds are the best to, be, to mix. Yeah, and you know, whenever we talk about breeds in general, um, you know, there's no perfect fit that I can really say, but there would be some guidelines. And one of the things you've mentioned is definitely very important is I'd want to raise these guys together. Um, so approximately the same age coming in, um, because that helps a lot as they're trying to figure out kind of their social structure of who's going to be the head dog in the house. And my bet will be it'll 
it'll be probably the small one because <laughs> they usually have the the bigger, bolder personality. Um, the Chihuahuas kind of push around the big dogs. Um, and so I really, I'm not going to necessarily say that there's a uh, good combination between the two. The big thing I would want to make sure is that we talk about what kind of dog is good for your lifestyle and, you know, what kind of activities you have. Um, you know, are they going to be home alone a lot? Are they going to be dogs that are active? Um, do you travel with them? All those kind of things, as well as, you know, the hair code and, the you know, the personality type thing. So do you have in, uh, feelings on, on those type of things? Right. Yes, I do. Uh, you know, we want both, the, you know, we want the happy medium. And that's why I was, what do you think about that that combination of what I was speaking of, uh, St. Bernard? Is By the way, isn't there a breed of St. Bernard that actually does not drool? I <laughs> don't know about that one. <laughs> they they all definitely have that potential to drool. Um, I think some of them have a little bit more skin folding um, that you'll see it, but no, I don't think there's one that that won't drool. And that, that's a reality with that breed. So um, make sure that you know you can live with that. And uh, you know most people who have those large drooly dogs have you know, their own bibs, and they have a little towel that kind of comes along uh, <laughs> soon after the dog passes by, so they can wipe that. But you know I have had clients that do have um, short Chihuahuas with um, St. Bernard's, and um, in those situations, um, like I said, as long as they're raised together and uh, we raise them in the same household, I think you can do that. Um, of course, as the uh, the large breed dog gets much bigger, we have to kind of supervise um, some of their physical interactions so that we make sure that the large dog has learned the power and the strength of their bite and not to return the bite in the same manner if they're playing or roughhousing. Um, but but it can it can definitely be done. Um, it just takes you know training and um, you know making sure you're you're supervising cautious parents that kind of thing. You can do it. What about sexes? Do you want both males, both females, or one of each? I am definitely a believer in the male-female combination. Um, I don't necessarily have a preference for your situation, um, you know, which is which, but I think that's very important is to pick the male, f- male and a female in that situation. Uh, don't, don't get two females. <laughs> I see. Don't get two females, right? I, well, now, one, la- one last thing, though. Uh, besides the uh, St. Bernard, is there any other uh, dog breed that you would suggest that doesn't drool as much as the regular St. Bernard does? It kind of depends on what you like as far as, um, you know, if you're looking for, uh, you know, athletic breed that's larger, Labradors don't really drool. Um, I, I would probably not be as apt to get something like a Weimaran or a Pointer because they are so um, so active and, um, you know, I wouldn't want them to kind of uh, step over the little guy. Um, so, I mean, you could definitely do a large lumbering breed. Um, I tend to stay away from some of the breeds that have high prey instincts. So, uh, like, some greyhounds are not really good around um, small furry or small critters because, you know, they sometimes have that instinct um, as far as for chasing. Um, and then, you know, very strong, powerful dogs, um, you know, that are more of a guard dog. Um, you know, but it's all how you raise them. So, uh, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, if, if that's in your mind, because it kind of sounds like that's kind of already what you guys have decided that you, you're looking for a blessing on it. And, and I would say you can do it. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you so much. All righty. Very good, Adam. Have a great day. This is Dr. Debbie at Animal Radio, one 405 8405 I didn't realize drooling was such a big deal. I'm going to have to stop doing that. Yes. Why do you think I'm walking around with a towel right behind you all the time? You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more.
Hey, welcome back to another edition of The Party Animal on Animal Radio. I'm your host, Vinny Penn. Uh, I got three words for you. Three words I'm, I, I don't want to say, but it's something I don't dig. Peeing on snowman. Now, uh, you got to let your dog out. You, you, we got all sorts of things have changed so much. You got to follow the dog around with the pooper scooper and whatnot. And of course, the dog aims right for the fire hydrant. We all know that. But if I see one more lightning yellow streak across a snowman that some adorable little children put together with their own tiny little hands, is it beyond you, dog owner, to shout at Thor or Monarch or Lucky or Rover, for God's sake, to say, oh, go, scoot, scoot, away from the snowman. Don't let your dog pee on the snowman. Children made it. Some of the pee inevitably gets on that scarf. That scarf doesn't get washed. Next thing you know, in February, Daddy's wearing that scarf to work, and it's got dog urine all over it. Quite frankly, you see the dog heading for the snowman, teach the dog. Paw, roll over, respect Frosty. Vinny Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. The pet industry is continuing its rapid rise to the top, with pet spending expected to exceed a whopping $35.9 billion. Here are three trends that are fueling this growth. Number one, new services. With more people considering their pet to be a part of the family, many pet lovers are caring for the mental, physical, and behavioral issues of their pets. Number two, medical advances. A growing number of veterinarians are being trained to provide highly specialized medical services, ranging from canine dialysis and brain surgery to chronic pain management. And number three, more pets are being used in animal-assisted therapy. And this has spurred the increase in using companion animals to assist with everything from detecting cancer in humans to comforting Alzheimer's patients. With new products and services being introduced at an increasingly rapid pace, it appears America's love affair with their pets will continue to grow. From the Western Veterinary Conference, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Did you know that your dog could have intestinal worms even if he's on a heartworm prevention program? For more complete protection, deworm your dog twice a year with broad spectrum Safeguard Canine Dewormer. To find out more, visit www.safeguardfordogs.com. Listen closely. That's the sound of peace of mind. Peace of mind that comes in convenient, pre-measured packets of Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Just sprinkle the granules on your dog's food twice a year to protect him against the major types of canine intestinal worms. Monthly heartworm prevention programs alone are not enough. Find out how to get the upper hand on intestinal worm infections by visiting www.safeguardfordogs.com. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. News: A local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Hi, I'm Vladi. Let me introduce to you the new concept to the real pet food. AFS. AFS is a true miracle meal. All natural ingredients, 100% complete and balanced. No artificial flavors, no coloring, no fillers, 
no gluten and absolutely no preservatives. Discover what the magic of the real meat can do for your pet's health. Visit AnimalFood.com Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, thinking a dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. What do we got coming up, Bobby? We're going to look at what appears to be the first official announcement from the First Lady on what will be the first family official dog coming up in the news. Probably going to be the most famous dog in history. That's on the way. Let's hit the phones real fast. 1-866-405-8405. Ready, Doc? I'm ready, and I do believe we have Chuck on the line. Hey, Chuck. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. How are you today? I'm good. I just have a question. I have a, uh, I think they call it a Maine Coon. It's a big, big, big cat. Uh, yes, I think they're gorgeous. Big. Yeah, he's he's real cool. Um, what happened was we have uh, other cats also, two other cats. And uh, the youngest one we have, we haven't had him be called yet. They all stay inside. And they play a lot. And okay. the, the vet seems that either it was a tooth or a nail that got on the side of Boots. Boots is the big cat. Um, okay. And and it made this big abscess, like the size of a grapefruit on Yikes. his side. And um, my wife brought him to the vet and they had to do surgery to drain it and all of that. Well, they stitched okay. him back up with tubes and when we brought him to get the tubes taken out, they have to do surgery again because they said their skin was dead. And oh, yeah. um, I'm wondering if, you know, if that's something that we need to prepare ourselves for, that he's going to have to have surgery again, or if, this was a, if that was an isolated incident, or is that normal for, you know, uh, skin mm-hmm. to be dead and not grow back? I mean, they have to scrape the dead skin off and pull it tighter and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. For one little playful incident, I mean, it causes a fortune. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's probably the surprising thing for a lot of folks is that these abscesses, whether they are a bite, a puncture, or a scrape, it's really hard to, hard to predict which ones are going to act routine and heal up in the normal seven to ten days. And those that don't, the ones that don't, they tend to have a really bad established infection. And that infection, that bacteria basically is tough. Toxic and it can either stretch the skin or it can create just a toxic effect to the skin overlaying that area. And yes, it is seen where we'll actually see a, a, a death of the skin over that area. And it's disgusting. It's gruesome. We're talking about it on radio and everyone's like, ew. But it, it, it does happen where that skin actually becomes almost gangrene. So yes, if that is the case, then I would definitely agree. The most important thing is to get that 
unhealthy dead tissue out and that may mean just not taking skin it might be actually even in some of the fat below so that is going to be a very important second surgery in, in your kitty situation the other thing i really would encourage and hopefully your veterinarian has talked to you about this is actually culturing that wound because there are some weird situations and nowadays in the human world as well as in the veterinary world we see resistant bacteria and that can be another reason why sometimes these things don't respond really well and why we don't see them, uh, you know, turn around within that normal 7 to 10 days. So I would see about a culture and even sometimes taking a small biopsy of that and uh, storing that or even sending that in for a biopsy because you wouldn't believe the stuff that can grow in cat wounds. Oh, gosh, bacteria, we see funguses, all sorts of things. And believe it or not, I've actually even seen teeth left behind (laughs) where there's a bite and a piece of the tooth breaks off, and it just creates a festering wound. So, um, yes, I would definitely support your vet's idea to go in there and get all the bad stuff out, um, try to get that healed up. And I guess one other question I'd have is, what kind of antibiotics do you have boots on? Is there a particular one they're using? I'm not sure. It's a it's a little pink oval pill that we give him once a day, and uh, we flush it out twice a day. Um, with uh, he gave us this solution that's actually in an IV bag that you suck out in a syringe and just run it through the tube, the outside of the tube, to flush out the wound. But um, you know mm-hmm. he's he's had the second surgery already, and they scraped out a bunch of stuff and um i'm i'm just you know wondering if you know the, after they did that the prognosis is it going to be normal you know i'm, I'm hoping right. it's going to be normal you know go back but i mean yeah what else can we be looking for what else can we do yeah, and, and I think the big thing would be is I would kind of look back and see if you had a culture. Um, that would be one thing that might give us some assurances that we're going to be heading down the right path. If not, sometimes we have to mix things up. And there are actually antibi- or bacteria that can become almost invisible, and we can't even culture for them. So sometimes I'll use different antibiotics. Um, there's one called uh, Xenoquin, which is in kind of a newer generation. That for cats sometimes for these freaky abscesses is good. But sometimes the old tetracycline antibiotics can be very useful for some of these kind of hidden bacteria. So um, I would hang in there. I think you guys are, it sounds like your vet and you guys are working together to really try to aggressively treat this. And, I, you know, I don't want to tell you it's going to be okay because there certainly are some positions and some situations where this can be really bad. But uh, if Boots is feeling well and if that wound is taken and healing this time, then I'm going to be a little bit optimistic and just um, I'm just kind of curious as far as the culture situation. So you know ask about that and it's always good to get a second opinion so i thank you for your call chuck that's uh an intriguing situation and nobody likes to talk about gross thing like abscesses except for vets <laughs> that's what we we dig so much so thanks so much one 405 8405 lottie is uh kicking it over there with his glass of what do you what do you even call that uh this is going to be special chinese russian energy secret Okay. I'm not even sure if I want to taste it. It looks like thick tea, very thick tea. If I will give it to you, I need to just jump out of the office. We've got two days here. (laughs) Let's go to the phones. Hi, who is this? Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Where where are you calling from today? I'm in El Paso today. Hi, Rebecca. How can I help you? Um, I have a a one-and-a-half-year-old pit bull male. And 
he is in the truck with five other dogs. We drive cross country, and every time we leave him in the truck by himself with the other dogs, he chews on electronics, okay. like a remote control or Bluetooth. He don't chew on anything else, just the electronics. So in other words, when he sees other dogs, he's very frustrated. He wants to see them or bite them or lick them. We have no idea, but uh, he is uh, redirecting his frustration on uh, some merchandise in your vehicle. Am I right? Yes. Okay. So uh, how he's behaving? Uh, just uh, could you on the microphone just you know just give us example? Let's say uh, Judy will be Judy will be a strange dog in the truck. So say <laughs> say okay. How your dog would behave? <laughs> He, we don't have, you know, he, he just barks at him and he, like, if the wind is down, he'll, like, attempt to jump out, but he won't because it's too high. What, what does the bark sound like? It's going to be like... It's a deep... Uh, <laughs> like this? Kind of like a roof, you know. Tell me, tell me, tell us. One, one more time, Rebecca. How, how does it sound? Like a roof. <laughs> like this? Yeah, like a real deep... Bark. Okay, I'm like excited. We're we're set up some type of a psychic hotline. That's why I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to percept how he's reacting to this. But you know, I understand that. I don't know. Now, okay, very quick question: If your dog was really, if he was fighting with another dog, did you even did you ever allow him to play with another dog? He plays with all of the other five dogs I have in my truck. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up. Did you say you have five dogs in your truck? Six. Yeah. Six dogs. Actually, six. You travel yeah. in your truck with six dogs. Yeah. And all of them pit bulls? And my husband. <laughs> Seven dogs. <laughs> your, husband, your husband is in the dog's house, I guess. <laughs> wow. What's that like? Well, with three of them are still pretty small, and they're they're in the kennel. Mm-hmm. And the other three are out. They sleep in the bed or sit in the front seat or okay, uh, the female sleeps on top of the dog kennel. Okay, so the man is, uh, female is the top bitch as usual, I guess. Sizes doesn't matter. Okay, so listen, Rebecca, you know, you have a really, it's not really complicated situation, is there? Because, you know, your pit bull is associated, that group of the dogs and you both of you you and your husband as the pack every another person or a dog is a is an intruder this is the out of the pack it's it's not the belong to the pack that's the problem is now it's another problem is it's a frustration it calls freedom frustration he seen other dogs he barks another dogs barks on him and after another dog disappear and he's so happy he scared him away plus it's territoriality he's supposed to protect its own pack so you have a couple of problems here. If you ask me how to deal with this quickly, but again, you didn't give me an answer. So, so in other words, what you're telling him, he is the fine with your dogs, with the pack, but did he have a chance to play or meet on the leash another dog? How dangerous it would be, my question would be. Did you ever uh, have a dog very. on the leash and another person approach you and you allowed to each other to sniff or never that happened? for? Never, because ever since he was a puppy, someone else will walk up 
the hare will stand up on his back, or okay. another dog comes okay. up, the hare will stand up, and he'll get in like a... Okay, I got it. I got it. So the, the best what we can do with you, Rebecca, just control the situation, and uh, and uh, just basically not allow him to destroy your vehicle, and uh, that's easy things to do. Uh, you remember, Hale, we were using with you on that show, the famous device by name, Pet Convincer. You're not going to do that on me again, are you? Uh, I'm just... <laughs> I will show just through the microphone, okay. see what you're going to hear. Yeah, okay. Listen, listen. Ooh. <laughs> so, <laughs> you okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? It's a very humane device uh, caused by uh, caused, um, uh, pet convincer. It's a spray the um, CO2, like compressed air. You can get some substitution at this point to any bicycle shop which is selling like CO2 tire inflator. And driving in your truck at any time, your pit bull wants to be bad for another dogs. Just push the button, compress air comes up. You just spook him into the attention. Uh, the hell, he hell, right now is is, is showing me. Yeah, he's right now trying to uh, try to use another product. Yeah, I'm actually using what they use uh, in offices for computers. Can we use this, or is this no, dangerous? No, we cannot. This is no, the this dangerous, is dangerous because okay. it has a very bad, yeah, they, very bad, uh, uh, air, not the air. What is it? Gas. Okay, so yes. I won't use that. Okay. No, don't worry. Okay, I'm okay. sorry. We have an air um, hose inside the cab. You do? Yeah, and he actually enjoys that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's not going to happen. What you need to do, you need to suddenly do it. You have to make the noise. Ah, okay. You need to know you don't want him to do. You need to bring that surprise, that, that suddenness will spook him, startle him into the attention. And you have to act on the early signs when he goes on, when he just looks toward another dog. Momentarily, pull it, push the trigger, make the sound, ah, and he will never do it again. So give that a shot there, Rebecca, okay? Okay, thank you. I appreciate you listening to Animal Radio. Let us know how it goes. 1-866-405-8405 right now. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money. Make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Simple Solution. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. It's official. First Lady Michelle Obama said the first dog will be a Portuguese water dog for Sasha and Malia. The First Lady said in a People magazine interview she wants the family dog to be a rescued pooch, adding, quote, the folks we know who own them have raved about them, so that's where we're leaning, end quote. Mrs. Obama said her daughters have also been working on some names for the porty, Frank and Moose were two choices. The first lady told the girls to work on the names a little bit more. <laughs> Thank you. Frank and Moose. I love those kids. She said the first family will wait till at least April next month getting their Portuguese water dog. And in northern San Diego County last week, one of the U.S. Border Patrol's drug-sniffing dogs found a little something extra in a Volkswagen Jetta. Agents at the checkpoint near Temecula on Interstate 15 were questioning the driver when the agent smelled an excess of air freshener in the car. It's not what you think. When the agency's canine unit arrived, the dog alerted. The agents who promptly searched the car found nine packages of cocaine hidden in the back seat. Another 17 were in the back bumper, bringing the grand total 68 pounds of the nasty nose candy with the driver and the passenger being turned over to the local DEA, thanks to the U.S. Border Patrol dog-sniffing canine unit. Ah! 
<laughs> hey, all I say is just say no. Updating the story we told you about a sus- suspected puppy mill in Missouri where officials raided it. Uh, they also found a nine-year-old Bengal tiger. Well, Sheena has now been transferred to the National Tiger Sanctuary. It's located about 50 miles south of St. Louis. Caretakers said that the underweight cat is doing better munching on 10 pounds of bovine meat a day. When she was rescued, she was not only malnourished, she also had parasites. Keepers say Sheena should fully recover. And more good news, none of the 208 dogs and puppies confiscated by the Humane Society in that raid had to be euthanized. Jewel Bond ran Precious Puppies and is charged with two misdemeanor counts of animal abuse, one involving Sheena the Tiger. She could not be reached for comment. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Simple Solution with a tip for pet messes. For liquid spills or urine stains, blot up the excess by starting on the outside of the stain, then move toward the center of the affected area. This will prevent the stain from spreading. Animal Radio, one 405 8405 The whole gang is here. Judy Francis is uh, answering, rapidly answering phone calls right there. She, What she does is she sits there, she answers your phone call, and she determines whether you're going to talk to the veterinarian, Dr. Debbie, or if you have a behavior problem with your dog, maybe Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. Uh, maybe you're writing a book and you need some humor tips. <laughs> Vinnie Penn, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she'll put you through. Uh, Joy Turner, maybe you want to talk to your animal. Maybe you can't do it. But you can't do it? Well, she can do it for you, Joy Turner. And Judy will put you through to Joy or Susan Sims if you have a question about your traveling with your dog. Or maybe it's something in the news. Bobby Hill, she has your news. Dr. Jim and Britt Savage, they all go through Judy. So you need to be nice to her when you call. one And they all get to talk to you, too, Hal. <laughs> but you see, I'll talk to anybody. And any, most anybody will talk to me. I believe we have, uh, do we have uh, Tim? Tim, will you talk to me? Sure. <laughs> well, hi there. This is Dr. Debbie, and I think you probably want to talk to me now, don't you? Yes. <laughs> well, hey, what's going on? I've got a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel, and she's a beautiful little girl. Um, she's got a problem with her, um, I guess you call them her scent glands. Okay, her anal glands? Yes, and she just... it. it she doesn't know how to empty them. I'm wondering if there was something I could do or if that's a problem. I have okay, her on, you... uh, The pills we have her on is a heartworm medicine that gets rid of all all internal parasites, too, and we have her on the comfort. Okay. And so what is she doing? What kind of things is she showing you that she's having difficulties with that? Oh, well, like she'll lay on your lap and then it just she'll let them loose. Now, embarrasses her bad because she sits on the floor and hangs her head low. She knows she's done something wrong. But, you know, oh. I don't scold her or nothing. Okay, so they're just kind of leaking on their own then? Yes. Okay, do, does she have problems where she's scooting or maybe licking her behind a lot? When they get full, yes. Okay. And how often are you having those dealt with and emptied out? Um, I have to do it myself. I had the vet show me how, or not the vet, the um, groomer show me how. Um, I think it's about once a week. 
that's a bit frequent, I must say. And I guess the, the first thing we'll back up a little bit is anal glands are kind of a useless organ. <laughs> we, we think they're involved in scent marking, uh, kind of similar to the skunk gland, if you will. Um, and all car- carnivores have these. So they're kind of useless little glands that uh, emit an a really foul-smelling scent, and anyone who smelled it will s- describe it in different ways. I like a kind of a metallic-y fish smell is kind of what I call it. Um, yeah. But uh, these glands, they just kind of, for some dogs, will just empty out on their own. Other dogs can't empty them, and they build up, and they can actually become infected and abscessed. So if we're trying to do some preventative work and getting these emptied, for most dogs, I'd say in my office, if we're doing preventative emptying, we'd maybe do it on a once-a-month basis. Um, once a week might be a bit frequent. Now, the other thing that not that you're not doing the right thing, but sometimes it's very important to do a full internal Emptying, and this is um, this is where um, butt anatomy gets a little gross. But um, yeah. where we're, when we talk about groomers and a lot of folks at home, we'll do an outside expression on the gland. So we kind of put a little outward pressure along the butt, and we kind of squeeze in and up, and we we hope we empty these glands. Now, in the veterinary office, what we do is a little bit different. We put a nice latex glove on, we snap it, and then we go in the backside and we empty these glands from the inside out. So in that way, we can get sometimes a more complete emptying of these glands. And I can usually tell by just feeling if I've done a good job or not because the gland is either empty or it's not. That's a hard thing to feel from the outside. So that might be one thing that, you know, not that you can't do it at home, um, but gosh... I hate to look at my little daughter and have to do that to her little doggy butt. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's good to have a professional do that. After the vet does it, it's a lot worse. She can't control them even more. Hmm, okay. Now, and then that kind of gets us to the point of, you know, are we talking about a dog that is getting impacted and having problems with them building up, or is it just that she's got a lot of production and it's coming out on its own? Now, for some dogs with anal gland problems, there is a surgical removal of the glands that we will consider. Before I get to that point, there's a lot of other things I'll try. One would be regular veterinary expression. The other would be to see if we might have the potential for an infection or an anal sacculitis. So sometimes I'll try a round of antibiotics. And then we'll even look at, believe it or not, dogs that have allergies can have problems with their anal glands. So in some cases, I'll actually prescribe a hypoallergenic diet to help deal with anal gland problems. And believe it or not, in some dogs, that can make a huge difference. So if you haven't already kind of walked down that road, um, you know, feeding the food is certainly easier than having to squeeze the butt side every week. So I would really talk to your veterinarian about that because that might be something we want to consider. And if you're doing all of that and we're not getting anywhere, then we really might talk about, you know, the surgical possibility. It's not something we do indiscriminately and any kind of, you know, surgery around the butt area gets us, you know, a little concerned. Um, but in, in the right hands, that surgery might be, um, you know, something that helps kind of rebuild the bond of, you know, the leaky butt syndrome, if you will. <laughs> right. So uh, see if that might give you, give you some help there. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to talk to any one of the Animal Radio Dream Team. Let me give you another number, another very important number. It's a it's a toll free eight six six number. It's the number to Pets Best Insurance. You can see them online at petsbest.com. But let's say you, you don't have that internet thing. Hey, like me, I didn't think it was going to take off. I didn't invest in that whole computer thing. Dummy. So I'm using the the toll free numbers one eight six six nine two nine. 3807. 
that number to Pets Best Insurance, they will tell you exactly how much it costs to cover your animals. And the beautiful thing about this insurance company, they'll cover your whole family of animals. Oh, wow. There's no age limit. Mm-hmm. You will not be denied. Whoa. Awesome company, Jack Stevens. Dr. Jack Stevens uh, started this a few years back. Pets Best. Give them a call at 1-866-929-3807. Cover your pets for 2009, just in case anything should happen. And when you talk to them, tell them that Animal Radio sent you. Pets Best. 1-866-405-8405. The whole gang is here. And Bobby, what do we got coming up? We are going to take a look at the newscast, the latest on a convicted felon and former NFL quarterback. Wait, Currently, wait. isn't that a little bit redundant? Oh, yeah, you're right, it is. <laughs> but we'll have an update on Michael Vick coming up in the news. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A dog owner in Scotland wasn't sure what to make of his dog's rattling stomach. When Chris Morrison took his dog Oscar to the vet, he had no idea what was wrong with his five-year-old lab. The vet suspected Oscar might have eaten something other than dog food, but when he went into his stomach, he was stunned. Vet Bob Hesketh found 13 golf balls. One of them was black from having been inside Oscar for so long. Oscar's owner explained that he and Oscar loved to take long walks on the golf course at night and in the early morning. He knew Oscar liked golf balls and enjoyed bringing them home. He had no idea he was swallowing them. Oscar's now on a diet of watered-down food until his stomach heals, and although he can still go for walks on the golf course, he wears a muzzle as part of his no-golf-ball diet. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hi, this is Eric Dane on Animal Radio, reminding you to spay and neuter your pets. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by AFS, real food for real pets. Visit AFS online at animalfood.com. Angel's Eyes Tear Stain Eliminator, the first tear stain product to be formulated for dogs and cats. Angel's Eyes is a permanent solution to tear stains working from the inside out. Angel's Eyes is added to your pet's food or water, preventing the stain before it can begin. Angel's Eyes is perfectly safe to use. It is made in the USA of USA ingredients containing no dyes or wheat. Angel's Eyes is 100% guaranteed when used as directed. See for yourself. Go to www.angeleyesonline.com and check out the results. Angel's Eyes will have your pet going from tear to clear in no time at all. Genoflora for pets. A safe and effective probiotic formula for your furry four-legged family member. Genoflora for pets. Helps control yeast and candida. Strengthen the immune system. Improve digestion. Regulate bowel movements. Give your pet the gift of good health. Genoflora for pets. For more information, call toll-free 1-800-498-6640. That's 1-800-498-6640. For Geniflora. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit pets911.com or call 1 888 pets 911. 
Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. When I went looking for a quality, allergen-free dog food for Roscoe, a friend told me about canine caviar. Being a born skeptic, I examined every ingredient and, most importantly, made sure it drove our dog's taste buds crazy. Here's the lowdown. Canine caviar is holistic, allergen-free, with raw dehydrated meats, herbs, fish oil, and flaxseed for health and joint support. Good food for Roscoe from a company I can trust. Ask your pet store for canine caviar. Learn more at caninecaviar.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Welcome back. This is Susan Sims for Fido Friendly Travel Talk on Animal Radio. Now we should all be on orange alert for the month of April. And our next guest from the ASPCA is here to tell us why. Joe Sullivan is on the line. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So tell us all about the upcoming Orange Campaign. We're really excited. This year, for the first time in April, we are taking an entire month to recognize the plight of animals. We'll be kicking off the first annual celebration of Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Month. We're going to have events around the country in New York and Texas and in L.A., we also have a website that you can log on to, ASPCAAPRIL.org, and find out how you can go orange. What we're trying to do here is to remind people that animals around this country are suffering every day. And for those of you that love animals, go orange with us and bring attention to this problem and show people how to treat animals better. I, I think that's really something a lot of people can get behind. So what are some of the things that pet guardians can do in their hometowns to help promote the cause? Well, I think you can do many things. If you have kids in your household and they're in class, which I'm assuming they are, talk to the school teacher. Maybe there can be an orange cupcake day or you can reach out to the local shelter and have someone come in and talk to you about the importance of treating animals nicely. It really starts at that age. Um, if you are a grown-up and you have your own business or work in a bank or wherever, talk to your coworkers. Have them wear orange one day at work and take a picture of yourself. Come back to our website and upload that photo. The more awareness that we're able to bring on the plight of 5 million animals euthanized in shelters every year for no other reason than lack of resource. One of the things I liked what you said was to dedicate your MySpace page or your Facebook status or your blog to the ASPCA during the month of April and, and encourage your friends to spread the, the word about the ASPCA. Absolutely. What a different generation we live in than two or three years ago. Every one of us are connected to sometimes hundreds of people through our social networking. And if you take that moment to tell your network of friends how important animals are to you, they listen. I know when my friends tell me the charities and causes that mean a lot to them on their Facebook page, we have a new program, an ASPCA ambassador program, that lets you go on and upload your fundraising ideas. If you are going to have a bake sale and you think you'll sell $100 worth, you can register that on our website and send that out to all of your friends via email or through your social networking page. So as creative as you can be. We've had we've had a Harley Davidson rider who dyed his mohawk orange and rode across California for us. Um, we've had a, a team of tap dancing elder ladies who dyed their tap shoes orange or painted their tap shoes orange and danced for three hours straight. You can't be creative enough. That's funny. And and uh, what's that website again so that people can log on it after they, they've heard this broadcast? It would be great just to get a jump start. ASPCA april.org you can find it from our homepage as well at aspca.org but aspcaapril.org gets you straight to everything we're doing that month 
we're actually going to jumpstart this campaign right now and, and help people spread the word. I understand you have a few T-shirts that you're going to give out to our first five callers. We do the first five callers. We'll get an orange ASPCA T-shirt. Start wearing it now. Be loud and proud. And by the time April's come around, you'll have all of your friends asking for their own orange T-shirt. So for the first five callers. So uh, pick up the phone. The number to call in is 866 866- 405-8405 and the first five callers are going to get a t-shirt so once again it's one 405 8405 Joe thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today anytime we'll be right back with more Animal Radio hi this is Jamie Farr and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network and remember to spay and neuter your pets to do this animal radio 1-866-405-8405 there now we can finish our conversation why has rachel ray not been on the show judy i mean it seemed we've had glenn close we had i mean we have the biggest premieres the movie premieres uh with marley and me owen wilson jennifer aniston i know uh, she's she's, john travolta and bolt they Uh, tell me she's too busy we need some good food man yeah she's well you know she's has a lot more than just her cooking show I mean, she's a multi-talented woman. I have a, a poster right over here for, for those of you that <laughs> can't boy. Well, and then, of course, she has her new food. Now, have you called her and said, hey, you want to talk about your food on the radio? Yes, I have, and they they wanted to put me on with her dietitian, nutrition person. They wouldn't get I me. I want to talk to Rachel I before know. she gets a restraining I'm order out on me. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying right now. Who do we have on the phone? We have uh, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How you doing? I'm doing good. I, I um, have a question for the doctor. And, okay. Uh, it concerns um, my 19-year-old cat. 19-year-old. Yeah, he's wow. 19. He's good to go, man. The problem is he he was uh, diagnosed with hyperthyroidism, mm-hmm. and he's been on uh, tapazole for a couple years, but he started developing some skin symptoms. So uh, we took him off that, and it, it all cleared up. So now he's going to be going for some uh, iodine-131. Okay. Hyperthyroid, and the problem is during the routine blood work, he has a mildly elevated BUN, so they think he has some uh, renal disease. That, okay. um, and so the doctor said that you know don't be surprised if after the thyroid issue clears up that his BUN goes up because he'll be excreting less urine and concentrations go up and so forth. So anyway, my question is, I've got a cat with. Um, uh, renal disease, and I've been reading about these restrictive protein restrictive foods is one step to, to change the diet to help with yeah. the kidney function. But I've also been reading that there's a lot of controversy about it that it may not it may not be as important to do that. It's really more of a phosphorus issue, and it's really a better idea to just make sure the cat eats a lot and drinks a lot and give him some high quality protein. Mm-hmm. So yep. my question to you is, what do you think? Is the diet good, right. or is it, you know, what, which way should I go? Because it's, it's in the early stages, and I figure if I could do the right thing early, I could really help them live maybe to 25 if I'm lucky, you know? 
Yeah, well, you've already, that's, that's amazing. What a wonderful lifespan. And you're such a good owner, i got to say. Um, tackling a problem like hyperthyroidism is, is tough in its own way. And uh, you're experiencing that kind of seesaw balance that we see between the thyroid problems in cats and the kidney problems. So when you try, try to treat that thyroid problem, the kidney problem kind of comes up to the surface. So if right now his kidney values aren't that high, um, you know, early renal stages, we really don't at this point we don't recommend protein restriction um, nowadays the belief is that we actually wait till a little bit later on in more of the middle to the end stage um, kidney disease to start to really do some of that protein restriction because we don't want to do any harm um, so yeah that's a, a big controversy in veterinary medicine when we talk about nutrition is that the philosophy has always been we restrict protein for right. cats that have uh, kidney problems. And not only that, but some of the diets have decreased phosphorus levels, higher fatty acids, a little bit of potassium they supplement in there to try to manage these changes that the kidneys uh, start to exert upon the body. So I, myself, unless those kidney values really start to creep to a high enough level, um, I probably would reserve the low-protein varieties um, for your kitty. Um, and then okay. there are some cats with um, kidney disease that their appetite really starts to go. Uh, where right. you could put just about anything in front of them and they don't want to eat. Um, if we're in that situation and we've got a kitty that's really having trouble eating, they're kind of uh, urinating a lot and they're really starting to feel the effects of that chronic kidney disease, I'm right. going to let them eat whatever they want. <laughs> and well, it's really a matter of... They need nutrients. They need proteins in general. So if they pull out the smelliest, stinkiest, fancy feast with, right. you know, ocean fish, whatever, I'm going to let them have it. If, if getting them to eat is a chore on an everyday basis, right. I want them to have that energy. So at that point, I don't care. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I'm with you. I just figure let them eat and let them be happy. Now, now, but also looking at some things, people are recommending some kind of probiotic supplements or giving them potassium because they could be low on potassium. Is there anything that you would recommend um, just as kind of something that can't hurt but might help in this early stage kind of you know, renal, renal disease process? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's early on and we don't really have any established blood work changes, so if you're not already seeing any problems with potassium is low, um, then I would probably just stick with a good fatty acid supplement because that can help. Um, yeah, it kind of helps with circulation to the kidneys. Um, but I probably wouldn't supplement until we actually start to get to that point because you can actually um, create problems if we over-supplement potassium. So um, that would be more once we get to that, I guess, that bridge we'd cross that. Right. And what would you say, and I know I'll let you go, you have a million other callers, would you say for uh, a, a BUN level would be a, a point where you would say, okay, we're, we're getting into like moderate disease now? You know, it's probably going to depend differently on your kitty because you're on a kind of a sliding scale. Because if we've got the thyroid problem and we've got that, I'm probably going to have a hard time giving you an absolute number. And it also depends on how quickly or how fast those changes happen because pets that have chronically acquired kidney deterioration, they tend to cope a little bit better. So they may not feel the effects of a BUN at, say, 50 um, as much as a cat that, that happens very quickly. 
Um, so for maybe a pet that, you know, we see the BUN and the creatinine start to creep over 50, I would probably start to get my eyebrows up and I'd be checking some blood panels pretty regularly um, to see if it starts to get to be time where we talk about protein restriction, um, you know, and some of the other types of kidney-based diets that will gear towards those changes we know are going to happen with um, eventually with kidney disease. Great. All right. Well, well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate the information. Okay. Well, hang in there and uh, keep that old kitty going. Uh, you're doing wonderful there. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, one 405 8405 Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. It's Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. Dr. Debbie on the way. Answering your medical questions, Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, Vinny Penn, and boy, is he ticked off about one thing or another. Uh, animal communicator, Joy Turner, Susan Sims with Travel Talk, Dr. Jim Humphreys, and Bobby with, with your news. She has news about rapper DMX, by the way. If you're a big DMX fan, you might want to change the station right now. That's what I'm saying. Just giving you a heads up. one 866 405 I think we have someone on the phone here. We have Maura. Is she ready there? Yeah. Hi, Maura. This is Dr. Debbie. Where are you calling from? Los Angeles, California. All right. A West Coast listener. Awesome. Yeah. What's going on today? Um, Well, actually, in about an hour, I'm picking up an eight-week-old Chihuahua mix. I currently have a -a year-and-a-half-old Chihuahua at home, and I'm wondering if you have any tips on introducing them. Oh, certainly. And uh, males, females, what do, you, what do you have and what are you getting? Both males. They're both males. Okay. And is your older one, is he neutered? Yeah, they both are. Oh, well, good. Very. The eight-week-old is already neutered? Well, I think he might be like nine or ten weeks, and he just got neutered yesterday. Oh, okay. Okay. From a shelter then. I see. Yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be definitely a couple things that I'd, I'd start off recommending when you're bringing a new puppy into the home. Um, first and foremost is we want to make sure we start off making all of those interactions very positive. So you want to supervise the pups, uh, the pup and the adult dog together, and you want to make sure that you don't leave them um, supervised. So I try to keep in mind that we try to basically trick our older dog that every time the puppy is around, it's a great thing. So you want to make it a positive experience for your older dog and mm-hmm. reward him very much, uh, whether that be treats, love, what have you. Even the sight of the puppy outside of the room or in a doorway should be a positive thing. So we don't want there to be any jealousy starting off from the from the get-go. Okay. Um, and I prefer to keep pups um, confined in either a crate or in a, a small area so it's kind of separated from the adult dog until you can really supervise the interactions. 
and uh, a lot of uh, kind of looking over and having the pup on the, a leash. Um, I'd like to get somebody else involved um, that can kind of keep the pup under control when you do finally bring them together. And uh, don't let the puppy jump all over and terrorize your other dog if he's not ready and he's not up for that. Some dogs, it's a very quick process. And they just take to each other immediately. But other dogs, we just need to be a little bit uh, respectful of that uh, that uh, place that they already hold inside the home. Okay. And, and then uh, I, heard, I heard something about, like, maybe not introducing them in the house or in the backyard, but neutral territory. Is that preferable? You know, I think for a young dog, having a puppy come into the home, you won't have as much of a concern for that. If you were bringing maybe an adult dog in, um, you might anticipate some more problems. Um, But the average dog, uh, when you bring in a young dog, they kind of have a sense of, you know, this is a little one, and they kind of treat them with kid gloves. Um, So for most times um, in the home environment, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. Now, I do like to exchange belongings, so... If the puppy sleeps in room A and the other dog sleeps in room B, you know, swap out the bedding, um, exchange uh-huh. belongings so that there's a sense of getting accustomed to the smell and becoming a little bit more familiar with the, each other in that way. So I think that would be a good thing. All so right. give well, that a whirl. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. I'm so jealous. Should we, should we send them one of their planet dog new pet pit new pet pit what do they call those new, 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 new what do they yeah, call those the uh, little packages for brand new adoptions yeah brand new little adoption absolutely kids. okay hold yeah, on hold on you. one second let's get some information from you boy I can't talk help me one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to talk to Doctor Debbie Vlade Vinny Joy Susan Bobby Doctor Jim Humphreys Britt me or Judy right now you're listening to Animal Radio you can learn more at animalradio.com log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Greg Rickhart from The Young and the Restless on Animal Radio, encouraging you to spay and neuter your pets. Thank you guys so much. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. Animal Radio celebrating our connection with our pets as we do every weekend. 1-866-405-8405. Dr. Debbie to answer your medical questions in just a few minutes. But first, let's answer some dog behavior questions with Vlade, the world famous Russian dog wizard. Hi, who is this? Uh, this is Karen. Hi, Karen. How are you doing today? Just great. How are you doing? Very good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Kansas, from Burlington, Kansas. Beautiful Burlington, Kansas. Vlade, have you ever been to, to Kansas? No, never been. Never been. I just was in Michigan, and now I'm in California. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Karen, go ahead. Uh, well, I have a, a 10-year-old black schnauzer. Okay. And um, he wants to mark. Mm-hmm. And I've never been able... He's done this for, oh, several years, and I've never been able to break him of that, mainly because I can very rarely ever catch him doing it. Do you have any suggestions on how I can break this habit? Or But do you understand what marking, marking territory is? Yes, it's not the pink, it's marking, yes? How many people live in your house? Two. You and my husband and I. If and, I have another, and I have another dog, a little Westie. 
if your husband is marking territory. <laughs> no, not normally, no. No, 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 Gary. And, and you no, don't make me those faces, you know, over here in the studio. I don't mean her husband is uh, lifting his legs and doing ah. this bit. I'm talking about maybe your husband like to put some, you know, men like to put the socks all over the house. Socks. Socks. Yes. Yeah. Socks. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Or underwear or pants or shorts. Are, are men just actually marking their territory when they leave socks and underwear around? the house. Exactly. It's a signal to another man, so this place is, is taken. <laughs> well, now, he's, pretty, he's pretty neat. From uh, really neat. <laughs> from, uh, it means he's submissive. It means, you're, you're like, because in America, it's like, happy wife, happy life. That's what. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, let's get to your problem. So, let me, let me give you the cure for marking uh, behavior in pets. You need okay. to do a couple of things at the same time. Number one, look at the privileges which the pet is sharing in your house. Remember, if he thinks he, it is his house, as a matter of fact, if he's ru- ru- uh, running the show in your home, he's going to pee and poop all over. So make sure, make sure he doesn't have too much privileges at this point in time. It means no bed sleeping for now. It uh-huh. means not, not allow him jumping on the furniture. It means choose one, maybe no-go room. Just get one room, maybe bathroom or another room, which is you will don't allow him to get in. Maybe put six-foot rope attached to his collar. Every time when he goes to that, ro- to that room, you grab the rope, say, ah, 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 and get him away from that room. And, uh, uh, yes, make sure, uh, try so your family would eat first, and he would never even approach to your table. If he approached to your table, maybe use the pop cans with the pennies, drop on the floor, make the noise. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, be, I behave the same way. If somebody, sometimes, if somebody approached to my food, I, I act like the dog. You know, especially when I have a drink. You know. <laughs> okay. So, so, so make sure, show him you are the alpha female and your member of the family also will show him so their position is higher than his. After that, the second key component is put the a collar and leash on your dog uh-huh. and uh, walk him inside of your house, especially in the area where he pee and poop. Let's go, sit, stay, calm down, teach him simple obedience commands in the area where before he pee and poop. That's your indirect answer of, uh, to his behavior and this is your way of marking your territory. If you mark your territory, he will not mark his. And the best way to do this to focusing on two control commands, sit, stay, and down, stay for maybe one minute in that particular area would be great, great key to you. And, uh, but before I do anything, I would eliminate that smell, of course. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, we yeah. use many, many products. And, and the one who comes one of the best, one of the very best is the simple solution. Go to any your local pet store and get Simple Solution. Okay, the great product. Uh, That's the name of it? Yes. Simple Solution? Simple Solution, yes. The uh-huh. name of the product. Okay. Spray it literally, liberally over the area. If, if it's a vertical, I guess for the man it's got to be vertical, uh, <laughs> yes. vertical objects and such and such. Just spray it, let's a little bit stay on, maybe a couple of minutes, maybe five minutes. It's an uh-huh. enzyme-based product. And after mm-hmm. wiped it again, and after that, do what I ask you to do. Basically, limit his privileges, uh, do obedience exercises in this time. And let me give you one last big secret. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. 
As we all know, we don't like to eat Burger King, uh, Burger King or McDonald's or whatever in huh? the bathroom. No, no, on no. the bathtub or <laughs> some on the toilet. Uh -huh. The dogs do not do not like it to do either. So the dogs do not or do not pee or poop five six feet away from their football. So what I would suggest you to do after you've done everything and you make the dog sit stay there and you make him walk in that area and you clean that area, I ask you to put his football in that particular area who he likes to pee and poop and put the food there. And if he's not really great either, if it food would be there for a while would be even better. If he eats everything, still feed him there. It has uh, several spots to feed, uh, to pee. Just keep rotating that uh, football all over. And that's everything together, together. Not by just one thing at the same time, uh, not just one thing out of content. Everything together will do the magic. Okay? So he, in other words, you, you need to establish who's the boss. Yes, you can I mean, establish the who, you gotta establish the boss in the way uh, through the serious obedience training. You have to eliminate okay. the smell with the simple solution, and you uh -huh. have to start to feed him in that particular area where he pee and poop. Those okay. three things together will do the magic. If you have more questions? Please send send us email through nine one one docwizard.com we have a downloadable manuals we have a lot of products uh, you know and you know what let me do let me let me send you one of the gifts because you, I love you know when the people call and you know that give us such a great I mean I know for you it's maybe not really pleasant experience but at least it gives me wonderful experience to help so uh, I will put you on hold and our producer uh -huh. We'll get some information from you. I'm going to send you the set of my award-winning European system on DVD, Obedience for Life. Oh, that's Great. good. He won't Great. even give me one, so you're you're very lucky there. <laughs> because you're not, okay, because well, you're not you. pink all over this studio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> we thank you for your call today, one 405 8405 Oh, and Judy just mentioned that you can get a coupon for a dollar off Simple Solution from the front of AnimalRadio.com. So you okay, want to check great. out. Hold on for one great. second, and we'll put you on with our producer. one 405 8405 Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. When screams for help were heard outside a home in Trenton, New Jersey, concerned neighbors quickly called the police. Police arrived to hear a woman screaming, help me, help me. And when no one answered the door, they kicked it in, only to find not a woman, but a cockatoo. Owner Evelyn DeLeon said it wasn't the first time 10-year-old Luna had brought authorities to their home. About seven years ago, Luna went through a phase where he'd imitate a baby crying. Child welfare workers responding to reports of a possible abandoned baby showed up. De Leon said her bird is forever adding new sounds from watching TV in both English and Spanish. I'm thinking it might be a good time for Luna to take up reading books. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Animal Radio is being brought to you by the American Red Cross, providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love. For more information, visit redcross.org or petcentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. 
Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. When I went looking for a quality allergen-free dog food for Roscoe, a friend told me about canine caviar. Being a born skeptic, I examined every ingredient and most importantly, made sure it drove our dog's taste buds crazy. Here's the lowdown. Canine caviar is holistic, allergen-free, with raw dehydrated meats, herbs, fish oil, and flaxseed for health and joint support. Good food for Roscoe from a company I can trust. Ask your pet store for Canine Caviar. Learn more at CanineCaviar.com. Okay, time to check out that website I heard about, www.SafeGuardForDogs.com. There it is. Hi, I'm Don. The virtual host is a nice touch. It looks like these links and videos cover everything a dog owner might want to know about intestinal worm infections and how to prevent them. Hmm, here's a savings coupon for Safeguard Canine Dewormers and even an online reminder service. Better bookmark this one, www.safeguardfordogs.com. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets 911.com. Pets 911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Hey, this is Artist Knox, Groomer of the Year, and when I'm rolling in my vehicle, I'm listening to Animal Radio with Al and Judy. Get at me! <laughs> Animal Radio, you lucky dog. 1-866-405-8405. The whole gang is here. Dr. Debbie answering your medical questions. Vinnie Penn, Animal Communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, Dr. Jim Humphreys, Britt Savage, Judy, moi, and Bobby. What do you got coming up in the news? I, I see you're going to be nude today, is that correct? <laughs> yes, it's the all-nude newscast in honor of a group of nudists in Portsmouth, England, who have a little birdie to thank for a really cool nude beach. All the details coming up in the Naked News next. Remember <laughs> that uh, TV show where they were did it in the news or they were topless they or something? Strip. The chicks just strip. Yeah, while they were reading the news or weather or something Let me like just that. read the news to you and I'll just take my top off and flop them out here for you. one 405 Hi, who's this? This is Beth Mummert and I'm calling from Bentonville, Arkansas. Hi, Beth. Hi. How can we help you today? Well, I have uh, I have three cats, but my favorite cat is seven years old, uh, neutered male, uh, has never been outside, and um, he does have FIV, tested positive for FIV, mm-hmm. okay. uh, which I don't think has it. My, my vet here says it doesn't have anything to do with it. So, but what he's doing, and he started a few months ago, is when he's resting or sleeping. He'll he'll make a, he'll groan. He'll go, mm. and then for a while it was that, and he wouldn't open his eyes. And then as time's gone by, it's it's longer. It's mm. and then he'll, his eyes will open. He doesn't get up and move though. Okay? okay. One time, 
I took him to the vet about that, and she took blood tests and everything, and he seems to be fine, so she's thinking maybe it's something in his head. But then one time I was working on my computer, and he's always around me, and he was snoozing really well, and all of a sudden he just bolts upright and he hisses like something hurt him. Okay. Okay. And then that was it. I took him back again, then we ran more tests, and that's when we found out that he tested positive for the FIB. He does, during the daytime, he acts fine. Uh, He's not a very active cat, never has been. But he doesn't do it when he's awake and walking around, nor does he seem like he hurts. And I don't know how to tell if it, how or when a cat is hurting or what this sure. might be coming from. Now, have you ever tried while he's making the noise to, to rouse him and to awake him, see what he does? He just opens his eyes and looks at me, and then he goes right back to sleep. Okay. Sometimes um, he, he will move his feet a little bit, so I thought, well, maybe it was dreaming, but I'm not, it, it's, it's just Yeah. Different. Well, I think, Beth, we have kind of two different things here to address. One is that he tested positive for FIV, which is feline immunodeficiency virus. Right. Um, and it's, it's in the class of retroviruses, kind of like in the group where we have the human H- HIV right. virus. Um now the tricky thing with that is a pet can test positive for HIV, or, I'm sorry, for FIV, and not necessarily be truly uh, clinical with the disease. We we so, took blood samples and sent them off to Colorado, and had them tested because he had when we when we got him he was tested for FIV he did not have it and he got mm-hmm. shots. My old vet sold his practice to someone who I did not realize he was giving not giving them the FIV shots, but they don't work half the time anyway, so I don't know if that makes much difference. Yeah, that's a whole controversy we could touch upon there. Right, <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, uh, we could send the, the the blood to Colorado, the University of Colorado, I think it is, and they do these tests where it doesn't matter, they go around it somehow, But and the results came back weekly positive. Mm, I don't okay. know what weekly positive means. Yeah, and so there might still be some room for interpretation on that. The the challenge is that if if cats are vaccinated for FIV, it does interfere with the quickie tests that most veterinarians use in their in their offices. Right. And the vaccine, for, while it may be useful in maybe eighty percent of cats, it isn't necessarily uh, a standard choice for the average indoor cat. Mostly right. for cats that are in high risk groups, outdoor cats, cats that might be out fighting, male neut- unneutered cats are probably the highest uh, pr- proportion of the population. So um, I guess some of that as well, maybe we do have FIV, maybe we don't. And I'm assuming he's in good health and he hasn't had any of the common FIV-related infections, respiratory, um, any kind of urinary infections, mouth infections, anything like that? But No, he did have an infection not too long ago while I was out of town and I had to take him to a different vet. And mm-hmm. he was running 105 fever. Oh, and cow. He, yeah. And he was That's not very respectable well fever in the cat world. Huh? <laughs> That's a very respectable fever in the cat world. Yes. And he, he was not feeling well. He When he walked, he was slinking. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, he, he was hurting. But we got rid of that. We got, we got over that. So, and he's been okay. fine since. 
Okay. So going back to your, what you're seeing with his sleeping, um, there are some possibilities there. With FIV, we know that it's a what we call a neurotropic virus. So it does tend to go to some of the neuro, neurological tissues. And we can see some problems with some uh, seizure-related disorders, things like that associated with FIV. However, if this is ex- exhibited only while he's sleeping, we may fall into a category of either a, a you know a very active REM type sleep, um, or there's even some kind of a uh, kind of narcolepsy, what we call REM behavior disorders. And it, some of the cats that do this, it's really quite freaky to watch them because they will jump up in the middle of their sleep. They'll scratch at things. They can even bite people. And it, it's actually more of a sleep disorder and not a seizure. So that's the tough thing is making that determination if we think it's a seizure or sleep disorder. And the best way that I, I recommend to figure that out is to try to wake them up while they're doing it and just keep your hands safely far away. But um, a pet that is having a seizure, when you try to wake them up during one of these sleep episodes, they'll still be kind of out of it, maybe a little wobbly, not quite coherent. And that behavior continues on for a few minutes. If you shake your kitty after he's doing this, he wakes up, he looks at you and says, what the heck are you doing? I was in the middle of a great nap. There's catnip right there and he goes uh, on with his regular uh, behaviors or even back to sleep, then you're probably dealing with a behavior disorder there. And the trick is, is if we make that diagnosis, um, you know, there's unfortunately not a lot of things we can do. Um, One would be to make sure we pad where he sleeps um, so we don't have potential for injury or uh, disturbing or injuring himself in any way. The other is sometimes for kitties with sleep disorders, we will try some anti-anxiety medicines or maybe even a, a, a type of a tranquilizer before bed. But in most cases, if they're not harming themselves, I'm just going to tell you, just kind of bundle them up, make sure he's safe, and uh, know that it's not anything serious for him. Okay. Then, uh, then the other question that I have that goes along is because I worry that he's hurting. How, mm-hmm. how can you tell if a cat hurts? Well, the big thing is whether he's alert and awake um, or not. If he's asleep, um, I don't believe that he's he's actually in pain. Now, if he's um, aware and it's a matter of kind of being in a twilight point, um, you know, that's a little bit hard to say. Um, cats are not the best to show their discomfort and their pain. Um, I've seen cats with teeth falling out of their heads with oral pain, and, and they just don't complain. So part of it is I look at it the everyday life. Um, you know, are we moving around well, getting into the litter pan okay, jumping up to the regular types of uh, places in the home that your kitty might be, uh, you know, hanging out and looking out the window. If those type of things are going well, appetite's good, then I'm going to have a hard time convincing myself that what he's doing when he's sleeping is, is a you know, a pain response in some way. I, was, I, I appreciate that because I keep, you know, since he does sleep with me at night, uh, he... Um I see it all the time. I have found because my vet did an X-ray on his on him and said he has a little bit of arthritis. So I'll put a heating pad in the bed and some covers over it. And if I put mm-hmm. him on that, I find that he doesn't groan as much. Okay. Well, and, and that might be something just to kind of even make him sleep and sleep in a little bit easier there. So yeah, that and as well as kitties, you can give glucosamine for arthritis. So you can consider that. Um, try that, but I think Beth, uh, you know, you've got a, a, 
a kind of interesting sleeping kitty there. Uh, just keep your toes safe, keep the covers over them, and uh, uh, have a good one today. Thank you so much for your call. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Welcome back to Party Animal on Animal Radio, and thanks for having me, and thanks for joining me as always. Uh, I want to talk to you guys about a commercial. It's a very popular commercial. It, it might be about saving money on your long distance, and it's a disgruntled couple, and they're talking about how uh, he doesn't want to be committed to a phone plan. Yeah, that's it. And she says, we've been married for 40 years, and he says, 38 and he said, and you know I like variety. And she goes, we've had 11 bulldogs all named Steve. And therein lies this week's party animal. Uh, I could see getting the seven, the same breed of dog over and over. Although 11 of them over a, a span of 38 years, is that possible to have gone through 11 bulldogs? And I mean, where... Are you feeding them? I, I want to write in to the producers of this commercial. Like, how are they going through the 11? Has Michael Vick been getting their hand, his hands on, on some of these dogs? 11 seems a bit much. Now, I'm not going to go off on a rant about the fact that they named the dog Steve, although I'm not a big fan of human names for dogs. That's an age-old rant, but I stand by it. Dogs don't deserve human names. But... And I know a family who had a beloved dog, and when they replaced it, they they named it Sport. And the dog's name was Sport, and they named the second one Sport Two. And I, I could see the sequel. If you have a third one, just say you know, call it Sport the Return. You, you know, I, I would understand that. But to just eleven Steves, I mean, that seems that's insulting to Steve number one, Steve number two, very insulting to Steve number three, because you know the third one's a charm. And four through ten. I mean, couldn't you call him, you know, King Steve for one, or Steve O for the other one, or Steve Arino for another? I, man, I would love Steve Arino. I would love to go to a house that had a dog named Steve Arino. Any pen, party animal, animal radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Judge Joey Bellani from Groomer Has It. And when I'm not making people sweat judging their grooming competition, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. And in a desperate attempt to get ratings, you're doing the news in the nude today. Is that correct, Bobby? It's true. And this is such a wonderful venue for it. Because radio, as you know, is such a visual format. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Hey, listen, I understand the Obamas are getting their dog and they're, they're working on names. Is that correct? Well... First Lady Michelle Obama has talked to People Magazine, and the girls so far have come up with a couple of names that have not exactly passed muster with Mrs. Obama. Okay, and you'll so. hear those names. We're not going to tell you them now. You have to nope. stick around. This is what we call forced listenership in the uh, radio mm -hmm. business. But they're really funny names. <laughs> 
which makes me like little Sasha and Malia so much more. So, the pooch, first pooch names coming up. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Simple Solution. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Convicted felon and former NFL quarterback Michael Vick will soon end his prison sentence and head to a halfway house. But because of overcrowding, the former football star could serve the remainder of his sentence in his own Virginia home. The associ- I know. The Associated Press says Vic, who's currently serving 23 months for his part in the dogfighting ring, will be required to wear an electronic monitor if he is, in fact, released to his 3,500-square-foot brick home in Hampton, Virginia, assessed at nearly $750,000. Oh, that punishment. That's, that's, yeah, is that kind of like that's a... That's rough. Is that like a bark collar? I'd like to have one of those. i like to have the control. No, electric collar. Awesome. There you go. Yeah. Connected to go. a website. <laughs> oh. Every time he gets close, push the button. <laughs> we can raise money for the Humane Society. I'm telling you. Yes. <laughs> Okay, here's the karmic payback. The Atlanta Falcons, Vic's former team, said they will indeed try to trade him to another NFL team, but mm. other teams may not jump at the chance to add the admitted dog killer to their roster. <laughs> the first family's choice of the energetic Portuguese water dog as their family pet has not thrilled some of that breed's fans. The president of the Portuguese Water Dog Club of America is concerned what the publicity could bring to the breed. Stu Freeman said he doesn't want to see the dog suffer from what's known as the 101 Dalmatian Syndrome. That's a phenomenon rescue shelters see when a large number of people rush out to get the most popular dog and end up dumping them once the dog matures. And my favorite story of the newscast, a group of nudists across the pond in Portsmouth, England, are jumping for joy. I'll just let you get that visual. Yeah, oh, thank you. The Thanks. naked nudist lovers, which is redundant, but I love it, feared that they would lose their favorite nude beach to an apartment development project. But thanks to a rare little bird, the beach is now safe. The Dartford Warbler is on the International Union for Conservation of Nature's near-threatened list. And thankfully, that cute little bird decided to nest with the nudists on the beach. The rare bird has put the development plans on hold until, quote, a full bird survey is completed. Nice little double entendre there. I'll let you guys play with it. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Simple Solution, with a tip for pet messes. For liquid spills or urine stains, blot up the excess by starting on the outside of the stain, then move toward the center of the affected area. This will prevent the stain from spreading. Another stellar cast. Thank you. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And really, we're just the hosts. It's a dream team of experts that's helping you with your behavior problems, your medical problems, whatever problems you got. Or maybe you just want to call in, check in with us, say, hey, my pet's just fine this weekend. We love the show. 1-866-405-8405. Every weekend. Vlade performs miracles, and he's performing miracles this weekend for you. Hi, who is this? Hello. Hi, who is this? This is Steve Henderson. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Good, how about you? Very good. Where are you today? Uh, today, I'm in uh, Ottawa, Illinois. Illinois, are you a driver? Yes. Okay, do you travel with your dog? Uh, I have my little one with me, my little miniature schnauzer, but the uh, terrier mix stays at home. Okay, and are you calling about the terrier, huh? Right. Okay, well, Vladi, are you ready to perform another miracle? I am always ready. Okay. Hi, Steve. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Are you a truck driver? 
Yes. Okay, you have a very difficult job. Very exciting, but very difficult. Because I was driving uh, probably three and a half hours from Newport Beach, California, where I'm located, to uh, whatever the animal radio studio located. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought I was driving back to Russia. I was <laughs> I was exhausted. So really, three and a half hours put you out there. It was uh, it's a long drive for you, huh? For me, it is. You know, yeah. because back in the, it's like Europeans. They're like, you know, they're crazy. You know, they they use the trains and all this yeah. thing. We don't drive more than one hour somewhere. Not wow. in California. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that, Steve? Oh, I do 10, 11 hours a day and love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love your accent, as a matter of fact. It's even better than my accent. <laughs> okay, how can we help you? I have a uh, uh, Scottish Terrier Cocker Spaniel mix. Oh, that dog is the nuts. Yes. He, I know he's that. About, he's about eight years old now. Oh, you're dealing with that for eight years. Boy. Yeah, I've, I've tried everything I could come up with and everything everybody's ever told me, but I can't. Stop him from climbing a fence, getting out of the yard. He, he wants to. He wants to. Uh, he wants to just escape. Yes, from your backyard. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he goes that. If I can catch him before he gets over the fence and yell at him mm-hmm. to stop, he'll stop. But as soon as I turn my back, he's over the fence. And once he's outside the fence. There's no hope. He's not going to stop. He's not going to come. Okay. He's just gone. There is there is not such a thing. There is no hope on the Vladi shows because even if your dog is untrainable, I do train untrainable. Even if your dog has ADD or learning disabilities or whatever it is, we still are going to fix it because it's all about establishing right boundary and right relationship. That's what I'm going to ask you right now. It seems to me you don't have a right relationship with the dog. I cannot even imagine, so my dog wants to just run away from me and uh, basically escape from me. If my Mika would love to do that, would want to do that, I would just open the door and say, okay, you you just can go. I don't need the dog like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding or not, but let me ask you, what is your schedule is? Are you spending enough time with your pet? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm home for uh, three days a week, but I mean, I, I've only been driving for about a year and a half now, and this has been going on for eight years. Okay, it's happening when you are driving or when you're home? When, when that behavior is happening? It, it, whenever he gets outside. When I get home, he's so happy to see me. He goes inside, lays under my feet, he wants mm-hmm. to be around me. But when it's time for him to go outside, I open the door, he goes out, he goes straight over the fence. <laughs> Okay, if something nice on beyond the fence, maybe nice girl or a canine girl, I mean, or something, something attracting him there or nothing. I, I assume that's what he's looking for. Whether he's finding it or not, I couldn't tell you. If he's if he's a nudert? no, he's not. Ah! You are busted. <laughs> you don't need to call the Vladi to know that. Hell, even figure out, even though he's the cat person. <laughs> well, why haven't you got him neutered yet? Just never did. I mean, he needs to be, but we never got around to it. You know, he's always. I mean, I've lived in three different places, and I've been in this house here for four years now. Steve, and Steve, you don't. Everywhere, Everywhere we go, he doesn't know what a boundary is unless we keep Steve, him Steve, inside Steve, Steve, and Steve. put him. We Steve, can put him on. on a leash and walk him out and bring him back in. But if he's free to go in the yard, 
Steve, it's not about the boundary, okay? You can fix that thing. Just you can put invisible fans, basically, and it's gonna it's gonna stop him. You can call any invisible fans company. It's not expensive to do in your backyard, and you're gonna you're gonna address that symptoms. But this is not the cause of this problem. You got to deal with the cause. You know, I see I see how a lot of males really own have a problem with neutering their pets. It's just yeah. males' problem. I don't know why. I always ask my <laughs> ask the clients. I say, listen. You're the male, and how would you percept like like uh, being the man and not experiencing the sex? Ooh. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah, you know that. And on top but, of that, you know, and on top I of that, an, go ahead. I tried an electric fence one time, the the invisible fence thing. Uh huh. And he jumped over that, and when it shocked him, he just took off running until he was out of range, and it stopped shocking him. Uh, I think I think it was happened because they did not do the right uh, things. I mean, you have to call them back if you want to do that, and just you know they can pre-adjust it, they can change the distance, change the power. It's still possible to fix it. But the fact of the matter, Vladi, is that he won't be jumping looking for love exactly. if he's neutered. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? I agree. I agree. So we always can stop the lonely barking dog, for instance, from barking with the electronic shock collar or whatever it is, but we're not going to make their life their less longer. It will not improve their life. Stop focusing on, on the symptoms. Let's look at the cause. Let's neuter that dog and make sure he will be happy dog. And of course, the other important thing is its health is at risk here. Not only are you talking about birth control, but uh, lowering the testosterone levels will lower the chances for prostate cancer. Exactly. Could live a couple of, a couple of years longer there, too. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree with well, this. I, I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, that a dog that old, if you wait that long to neuter him, that he doesn't realize he don't have them anymore and still keeps on looking. You know, it's a very rarely. You know, sometimes God opened the door, closed the window. But as a general rule, in this situation, is just do it, okay? And you're gonna yeah. be you your dog gonna be better off, and you're gonna be better off. And if you wanna, on top of it, readjust invisible fans, do it. But make sure address the symptoms. Just if you address the cause, okay, Steve? And okay. you gotta, you gotta do this. Okay. Thanks for calling, Thank Steve. Thank you. Bye. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. What do picnics, patients, and palaces have in common? Ants. This is Voice of the Animal, and I'm Rayanne Cumulos. Ants travel miles to find and take your picnic crumbs back to their anthill. Working together as a team guided by their queen, these tiny six-legged creatures are a universal symbol of persistence and determination. The Hindu god Indra was building a huge palace as a monument to his glory. Disgusted with such folly, the supreme god Vishnu commanded an army of ants, themselves skilled builders, to march through the palace. Embarrassed, Indra realized building a palace for his glory meant becoming an ant in the next lifetime. The lesson? If you were Indra and can do whatever you wished, would you spend your life building a monument to yourself? Whether building palaces or blazing a trail to your picnic, ants remind us that patient persistence and working for the good of the whole, not just ourselves, will one day bring the success we long for. 
ever dream of a home free from pet stains and odors? Haven't we all? Now defending your dream is easier with Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. The new and improved Rapid Response Formula works faster and better at complete and permanent stain removal. This new bacterial and enzyme formula is more powerful and more effective for those tough pet stains like urine, feces, and vomit. Your dream is our reality. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. The Pet Expo is coming to the Greater Reading Expo Center. All your favorite pets under one roof. Dogs, cats, birds, reptiles, horses, ferrets, and pot-bellied pigs. Hey, cat lovers, don't miss the AACE Cat Show. You like large cats? How about a 400-pound Bengal tiger? Or marvel at the high-flying performance dogs. Watch the rare and ancient breed dog show. See the rainforest reptile shows. And kids, enjoy the petting zoo and pony ride. Check out the great show prices on pet products and accessories. It's all at the Pet Expo at the Greater Reading Expo Center, March 20th through 22nd at the Greater Reading Expo Center. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. It's Animal Radio, one 405 8405 The Serene Studio, everyone sort of mellowed out. The animals all kicking it. Tell us, getting near the end of the show. <laughs> we need to rustle it up a little bit. Bring the energy back up. Hey, you know what I wanted to mention really fast? A few years ago, I wouldn't be caught dead buying pet insurance. Because I believed... That uh, you can put a little money in the in the bank account and, and watch that money grow, get a little interest, and then pull it out if you need it. But I'm watching my friends deal with kind of issue, big issues that cost a lot of money. And I'm afraid that I'm going to be caught in that kind of situation. And now there's more and more procedures that are available. You'll attest to this, doctor. Do you, do you have a lot of patients that uh, use the insurance? Overall, it's a small percentage, but it is great at this time of uh, the economy. I mean, there are a lot of folks that I know that have really benefited, you know, paying out $1,600 to their vet bill um, for major problems. So it really can make a difference, especially when your money is tight. We have a lot of pets here, and the more pets you add, it becomes really imperative that maybe you, you should have some coverage for them. And I'm going to encourage you to check out I'm a, I sound a little Italian there. I'm going to encourage you to check out Pets Best Insurance. Pets Best Insurance at PetsBest.com. Okay, I will. You're going to do that? I'm going to do that you're for gonna sign up. Yes. No, I heard from a couple of clients. Really good. It's a good company. And, you know, there's a lot of companies out there. There's, uh, what, VIP, Purina's got a new one. Uh, there's a lot of insurance companies. The reason that I went to Pets Best Insurance is because Dr. Jack Stevens, he's the owner 
He's the he's the big guy, and he got on the phone with me, and we talked, and we established a relationship, and I realized this guy's in it for the right reasons. Aetna is now an underwriter for them. Wow, they're a big company. Big company. They're doing good stuff. So if you're thinking about getting insurance, head on over to PetsBest.com and type in Animal Radio in the code box there. You'll get all the information. They'll give you a quote just by your zip code. Wow. So remember to type in Animal Radio. Yes? And I can tell you that definitely on the vet side, that company gives us less headaches. You know, they, they, they do what they're designed to do. They don't try to manage the veterinarian and they'll say, yes, we'll take care of that for you. And you're, 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 this is coming from the heart there. You're not being paid to say this, doc. They work no, very well no. with you. I wish I was. <laughs> Neither am I. I'll tell you that right now. I just want to share it with you because I think it's important if you're getting insurance that you find a good company. There's a lot of companies that are doing some bad things right now. You can find out a little bit about it on the internet. And, of course, uh, if you want to find out more about Pets Best, I think we're going to put up a link over at Animal Radio because we put up a link to everything we talk about at AnimalRadio.com. Ultrasound technology in veterinary medicine. Flip the switch, squirt on some gel, and give old Sparky a friendly pet. A few minutes from now, your veterinarian might be able to diagnose a problem with your pet. Increasingly, veterinarians are adding diagnostic ultrasound to their offices as the technology improves. It used to be only used by specialists, but now more general practice veterinarians have the machines. The machine allows your veterinarian to get near instant feedback without hurting the animal. It also allows the doctor to capture the images, which means they can email the footage to a specialist and get a quick second opinion. The ultrasound can help detect those problems that went without warning before. It can also help with kidney, gallbladder, liver, and other abdominal problems. Even equine veterinarians use ultrasound to check inside joints and tendons. So today, don't be surprised if your veterinarian wants to do an ultrasound of your pet's body. It means they're on the leading edge of veterinary science. For MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. This is Ben Vereen on Animal Radio. Remember to spade and neuter your animal for a healthier and longer life. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. The gang's all here. Doc Deb, you want to take some calls? I sure do. Let's see who we have on the lines here. I think we have Tiff. Oh, I guess I, I, I got to press this button right here. I'm sorry about that. Oh, come on, Hal, do your job there. <laughs> hey, Tiff, how you doing? Good. We were talking to nothing for a second. <laughs> well, hi. How are you? Very good, thank you. Well, what's going on in your pet world? Well, my roommate has two miniature schnauzers that bark horribly every time any of us come to the house, or anybody comes to the house for that matter. And Mm -hmm. uh, we've tried the little barking box that doesn't seem to phase them, and she doesn't have a crate to put them in, so I can't use Blotty's little trick. Mm -hmm. I need to know what to do with these dogs. Okay. And um, so the dogs have free roam of the house then? Yes, they do. Okay, and is this when, if you're in the house, someone comes to the door, they're barking, or is it just anybody coming to the door? Anybody coming to the door, and anybody can be home, and they'll still do it. 
Okay. And is um, one of the two dogs, or is there someone who's the instigator of the two? No, they both do it equally. They do. Okay. Well, that would be easier if there was one. <laughs> well, the female, the female may be more than the other one. The female, uh, yeah, if I had to pick one, she's the one that starts it. Because sometimes there is. There's there's one that kind of gets the fever going and the barking starts, and then you know any other pets or any other dogs in the house will join in after that and kind of alert has sounded. So the challenge is when you have multiple dogs that are doing this, and schnauzers, i got to say, are some of the more doorbelly, barking-type dogs out there. Uh, I know my brother-in-law is kind of battling some of these issues with his little schnauzer. Um, it, it can become a challenge if we have more than one because you can't isolate um, the effects one is having on the other. So what I try to do is find out individually how they behave um, in those situations with the other dog, maybe even out of the household for at the moment because that kind of tells us where we need to really work on focus our efforts. And also because we're going to talk about doing some training steps that become very difficult if we have two dogs to kind of juggle their responses and to try to correct um, two dogs at the same time. Um, but the challenge really comes is that we, once we're working on these guys, we're working on them individually. And there are different remedies. There's, you know, the bark busters types things, the bark collars. You know, and those are negative reinforcements for this behavior, which for some dogs can work. But I try to really strive for the positive reinforcement in working away from um uh, you know some of those negative things because we can't always keep a bark collar on a dog. We can't always count on them to work. I've known dogs that have worked around a citronella bark collar and uh, make those suckers like empty out, and they'll just keep barking until they're empty. So there, there are some tricks there. One of the big things is I would say we're going to work on really directing the attention towards something else, and we need to change the household hold routine. So um, if possible, in the household scenario, I would do things like come in a different door, um, avoid using a doorbell um, or knocking on the door, putting a sign on, you know, for your roommate, you know, we're going to, um, you know, use the back door. We're going to not use the doorbell for visitors. We're going to ask our friends and family to call by phone first before they come over so you can make preparations and be ready for um, that greeting. Along the same lines, we want to change how you're responding. So, a lot of times dogs are barking when people come to the door because it's kind of their way of doing what we're doing. We get up and we run over and we scurry over to answer the door and we see who's there. They're just helping out and they're just doing what they can to let everyone know, hey, there's someone there. Um, so what you kind of have to do is actually train them that if someone's at the door, you don't always get up and answer that. So it's kind of like a little test, and you can get your roommate involved with this where you have your pet, and I would suggest using a light leash, maybe even a gentle lead harness while you're doing some of this training because you can maintain control very easily. And, um, you know, when the person comes to the door, if they're knocking, whatever, we don't respond to that. We sit in the chair. We keep reading our book. We don't respond at all. We wait for the pet to settle down, for any kind of anxious behaviors to quiet down, and we keep practicing that. And we're going to basically kind of desensitize to the approach of someone to the door, to the doorbell, to the knocking, any of that. It takes time, a lot of repetition, but that is an important step as we are kind of getting directed towards that. Other things we want to do is when you enter the home, we want to make sure we decrease the excitement level of the greeting. So if you come home and you're like, hi, how you doing? Woo, glad to see you. Yay, let's go outside. Let's go potty. If you're making that a really high, amped up experience, 
you're actually kind of contributing and feeding that behavior because they're counting on some kind of reward when someone comes to the door, whether it's someone they're going to see or maybe it's you or your roommate or someone else. There's some kind of reward there. So we want to tame down those greetings and make that something that's kind of low-key. And then with time and practicing calm, quiet behaviors when there's someone at the door, then we're going to try to work around that. You're going to be a really big challenge there, Tiv, because you do have the two dogs, and that can be really hard. So if you have one that you see as you're testing them individually that is a calm door greeter with the other dog not present, you know, that that's helpful, and we want to try to work on that and make sure that pet can really be calm and not kind of react with the uh, the frenzy, if you will, when the, that uh, door is greeted. So I don't All know right. if you've tried any any of those things with some of the other efforts, but uh, I would, I'd give that a whirl. I don't know. What, what do you think about it'll, that? Uh, it'll try my patience, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people ask me, um, I don't want behavior medicines for my dogs. I want them for me. <laughs> so this is this may fall into that category there where, uh, you know, I don't prescribe to people, but I, I get inquire, inquiries quite a bit. So yeah, I'll, hang I'll in there. Yeah, I'll be the doggy downers. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much for your call. This is Dr. Debbie. Give us a call here, 1-866-405-8405. Well, that's all the fun we have time for today. Remember, you can call us all week at 1-866-405-8405. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. This is Animal Radio Network.